0: So, our business consultant and the founder of com, Bill English, has joined us. He's always so gracious to come in early in the morning, except that he never brings me caribou coffee, which... Oh, uh, no. Oh, no.
1: You know, and I, you know, I had to bring Austin muffins and donuts. I Do I need to bring that. you coffee uh, now?
0: Yeah. Well, no, you don't have to. It's just if you're... <laughs> we a nice person, you would consider that. Or you wow. know, even an, a day old bagel would be fine with me. I whatever, you know, I'm pretty easy to please.
1: Okay, so So this new st- You're low maintenance, yeah. Right? This
0: this new study, as long as it's got uh, you know, uh, some cinnamon and raisins on it. Okay. So, a new study has just come out looking at money and financial yeah. health for Americans under the age of 35. And um, the organization that did this is called Navient. Uh, first of all, tell us about who Navient is.
1: Well, they service more than $300 billion in student loans. So they're going to have an interest in how the 24- to 35-year-old bracket is doing in terms of money and career advancement and things like that. Because they want to make sure they can pay back their loans. <laughs> well, yeah. They, not only do they want to have, make sure that they pay back their loans, but they want to make sure that the future students are borrowing in order to uh, fund their business. So uh, do we have any suspicions that this particular study was biased way, anyway, or did, do – I mean, do you think it was pretty legit? I think it was pretty legit because they outsourced the study to a public affairs group out of Washington, D.C., and they had the public affairs group do all the research and come up with conclusions. So uh, Navyant funded it. Uh, it would have been improper of them to say, we want these particular outcomes. Uh, I think they just took the outcomes the way they were. So it's not like,
0: you know, Pillsbury having the doughboy do the research.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) On the the next muffin that you're going to eat with your caribou coffee. Okay. Okay.
0: So let's go through some of the things that the study
1: found. Well, the study found that young adults are faring a little bit better in 2016 than they were in 2015. Now, they uh, sampled 3,069 Americans aged 22 to 35, and they found that overall there was an improved financial picture. And what do they mean by improved financial picture? Uh, number one, they found that young adults see themselves as more financially secure in 2016 than they were in 2015. Uh, number two, young adults who attended college but did not earn a degree, they found, were the, were the worst of the three groups. So There were three groups in this sample. Uh, the one group was those who went to college and graduated. The second was the group that went and didn't graduate. And the third group was those who never went to college. So the people that went partway through but didn't get a degree, spent a whole lot of money probably on
0: their college education but didn't right. finish, right. those are the ones that are kind of stuck.
1: Those are the ones that are faring worse than the ones who didn't even go to college at all. Interesting, Interesting. And, that, and that and that could be because the ones who didn't go to college are going into the trades or are going into a family business where they just don't feel like they need to go to college, and so um, it would stand a reason that if the other group is going into the trades, that the ones who went to college and didn't. Uh, finish, would probably do worse than the ones who went into the trades.
0: Mm. Now, what about uh, borrowing, uh, taking out a student loan? Again, they're a student loan organization, so what did they find?
1: They found that uh, 60% of the young adults who attended college borrowed to pay for college. 40% did not. And I thought that that was high. I, I don't know. At today's prices, I don't know how you get through school without borrowing unless you have a rich uncle. Rich Uncle Bob. Which I yeah. hap- I happened to have before he died, and, oh. and I never saw any of the money. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> and we're sorry that Uncle Bob... Yes, yeah, I'm sorry that but he But he's with too. the
1: Lord now, so... Uh, yeah. You know, you know, actually, you know that rich uncle? I, I led him to the Lord on his deathbed. No! I, I am not... I know this is a, a side story, but um, I went into him, and I, had, I hadn't seen him in 20 years. And I sat down with him, and we started to talk, and we got reacquainted, and I said, Well, Jim... Um, Do you know that you're going to heaven? And he just looked at me, and I said, well, would you like to be sure that you're going to heaven? And you know what he goes? He goes, yes. All all his years, he had called religion a crutch. He had had, uh, really um, uh, had been difficult to be with, and he had downplayed and discounted our faith, but on his deathbed, I held his hand and we prayed. Wow! And he accepted Christ, oh, and beautiful. two days later, he was dead, oh, and he man. was in heaven with Jesus. Wow! Thank you, so, Bill English. Yeah, that's beautiful. That was a beautiful, beautiful time. Mm. So, anyway, my eyes. Yeah. Uh, mm. So, one in three adults who borrowed to pay for college have paid off their student loans. Really? Which is a little bit different than what we're hearing in the news, and the percentage of those who have paid off their loan climbs to nearly forty-six percent if they're between the ages of 31 and 35. So those who are older in this group are more likely to have paid off their loans. So what it tells us is that a lot of these college students, when they're, they're taking out these loans, they're actually paying them back and they're taking the repayment seriously, I think, in part so that they can get on with their life. Mm-hmm. You know, we do know that people are... Uh, putting off marriage and family and buying a house and that kind of thing because of their high debt payments. But once they get those debt payments paid off, I think they're ready to move on with their life. Now, Rebecca is shaking her head yes. Oh, yeah,
0: definitely. Well, and and at that point between – Thirty. If you've graduated college at 22 or so, then you've had almost a decade to pay off those student loans. So it would be interesting to kind of see the timeline on that for people. But I'm glad to hear that folks are able to get the debt taken care of. They're able to pay it and then move on. Because it does sometimes feel like there's a bit of a burden until you've done that. You can't really move on. I know my wife, when she finally paid off her college loan, she was very, you know, she was like... Finally, I've got this out of the it's way. It's like the old mortgage burning parties or yeah. note burning parties on well, somebody's house or farm, right? Nowadays, it's the student loan. You you just <laughs> want to celebrate mm-hmm. when it's done.
1: Well, you you know you've got a PhD, yeah. right? And I've got two masters. Uh, you know, I came out uh, with a truckload of debt. Did you come out with with debt?
0: You know, I was really fortunate because I had saved and invested in before I went back to school. So oh, I did you? Because I didn't go back to school till my 30s. So oh, I, okay. had, I had kind of put together a little bit of a portfolio, which was r- rapidly drained by <laughs> the four years in graduate school. And I also <clears> – <throat> here's what I did, Bill. I owned a home at the time. Yeah. I, I decided to, and it was a nice home, I decided to lease out my home and move in with some guys who also were going to graduate school. So I was able to cover my house payments and bring a little extra in uh, and live very frugally on macaroni and cheese while I was in graduate school. So, oh, I see. You know, that's
1: college. That's, there you go. Actually, that's graduate school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> In college, you get the cafeteria at the college. In graduate school, you get macaroni and cheese.
0: Okay. Now, those who did get a college degree, uh,
1: this study found that in a a variety of ways, they were were actually better off. They really were financially. Uh, Financially, this study found that they did better than the other two groups that they studied, uh, not only in terms of income, but in terms of the amount of income, in terms of their ability to find employment and in terms of their ability uh, to really uh, move ahead with life. I've got too many notes here that I'm looking at here. So, um, the, for example, uh, college borrowers, and I'm reading here now, are as likely to report good or excellent credit scores as peers at the same educational level who did not borrow. If they were paying off their loan, if obviously. If they were paying yeah. off their right, loan, right, obviously. Right. So they also found that in terms of the credit score, those who borrowed and went to school or those who just completed a four-year degree, whether they borrowed or not, had a better credit score than the other two control groups that they had. Okay. Now, there is one
0: troubling thing <clears throat> that I saw in this study. Only half of those under 35 have saved more than
1: $1,000. Correct. Wow! Correct, uh, and that is and that is something that is a cultural thing. I, I have I I meant to look this up last night uh, before we before I came in this morning. I don't know what the I've heard that the average boomer has less than twenty five thousand saved for retirement. which mm, ain't going
0: to go so well. Mm. Now I
1: I could be wrong on that. Mm-hmm. I, I I'll disclaim right now uh, that that's an actual. But I think it's close to that. And so uh, we have an ethos in this country of spending and living at your max rather than living frugally and saving. And that ethos is in our government, and it's in our churches, and it's everywhere. And it's actually counterculture to live below your means Mm. in this world. I have a credit card application for you, which you can
0: fill out afterwards. Yeah, I'll be happy to do that (laughs) for (laughs) you. Bill English is our guest for BibleAndBusiness.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back. Good morning. 19 past the hour. This is the Faith Radio Network. Bill Meyer here with Bill English from BibleAndBusiness.com. We've been talking about Americans under the age of 35, how they're doing financially, how they're doing paying off their student loans. And uh, interesting research from Navy, and they are a college loan, I guess, provider, but they they outsource this research. We think it's pretty solid stuff. And one of the interesting things that um, they looked at was the difference between going to college and going to trade school. And Bill, let's, let's talk about that for a minute, because there are some students who simply are maybe not cut out for the four-year academic route, and maybe they're really good with their hands. And um, for them, there's a real lack of skilled tradesmen in this country right
1: now. You know, there is. Um, there's a lot of people who are the opposite of you and I. I think you and I are very much at home in the world of ideas. But if you send us out to the garage to uh, do carpentry or plumbing work, we'll figure out a way to screw it up. Well, I call the guy and have him come over and he does it yeah. <laughs> I always figure I'm contributing to the economy at yes, that point. Yes, so. that's right. I, I did
0: learn how to, I, I did take wood shop in high school. Did you so, really? Yeah, and drafting too, by the way. I, uh, I didn't have that. Yeah, no, I, we had the little drafting school. table with the blue pencil, so I learned how to build skyscrapers. I've never built one, but I can you design
1: You know, I, one. I, I went yeah. to small town Indiana, so, yeah. you know, mm. what do I know? <laughs> but look, uh, there's, there's, you know, Kathy and I, my wife and I, we're watching um, uh, this old house uh, this past week. And they're on there, and they have a whole segment on how they are starting an apprenticeship program because the trades are something like, I want to say, six million behind wow. where the trades need to be. They need six million more people that they are do. skilled,
0: skilled, skilled they craftsmen,
1: do. tradesmen. And the real craftsmen in each of those trades are getting older and older. The average age is just getting older and older I and I noticed, older. you know, I called this
0: carpenter the other day, and he was like 90 years old. Yeah, he can hit
1: that hammer. No, it was <laughs> Did he come with a walker?
0: Yeah, he, he did, but he did a good job. <laughs> good he's, he's been doing it for, for you know seventy years. Okay, so let's talk. What are for those people that aren't familiar? skilled a skilled tradesman. We think of a, a carpenter. Think of a plumber, electrician.
1: Yeah, uh, and 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 a variety of other you know roofers and ciders and all the rest of it. Look, uh, there's there's a, and there's a fair amount of science. And math that goes into understanding, uh, those, those trades. And so it isn't as if, uh, all they gotta do is be able to swing a hammer or turn a wrench and you can be a tradesman. Uh, there's actually quite a bit of, of theory, uh, behind what they do. In and licensure. So these trade yeah. schools, they gotta get licensed, mm-hmm. they gotta get bonded and that kind of thing. Uh, the, the deal is, if you go to trade school, the average school only costs you 33000 compared to the average cost of 127000 for four-year private Uh, liberal arts college, okay? And uh, it'll take a college graduate 12 years to catch up to where a tradesman is, uh, in terms of income because the tradesman has two years more of earning power and a lot less money dumped into their formal education. So when you take those two elements, it'll take the college graduate well into their 30s uh, to get caught up to where the tradesmen are at. But
0: eventually they will surpass them because a yes, college degree, yes, earning power will be more substantial. Yes, That's yes. not to say that a, a craftsman uh, who works hard can't make a, a good
1: living. Uh, well, they can. But, you know, my thing is, why do we choose our vocations in the first place? Why do we do what we do? do is, is our vocation really the end point and the purpose of our life? Or do we have a transcendent purpose for our life that our vocation should support, hmm. whether it's a trade or a profession? And right. I think what we're talking about is being a good steward
0: with the gifts and talents that God has given us.
1: God gives us gifts and talents to further the kingdom, and we can further the kingdom in a, in a myriad of ways. And North, you know, North Central um, not North Central, uh, Northwestern College here is a great place to go to school to learn all the various uh, areas uh, that you can further the kingdom. You don't have to be a missionary or a pastor. You can further the kingdom
0: anywhere. I think a lot of people have this this um, a misperception that you need to part, be part of professional clergy to serve God, but there, you know, there's roofers serving God
1: today they're yes, out there doing that. yes there yeah. are and so I, I would just i would just say that whether whether it's a trade or a profession our vocation is not the endpoint of our life it's not the visceral around which everything else tethers mm. it, we really have to have a transcendent purpose on that
0: mm. okay we've got about two minutes left bill and i know you developed
1: this more fully
0: uh on bibleandbusiness.com but when it comes to borrowing, there are some some biblical principles we need to remember.
1: You know, and I, I thought I thought I would take a little bit different approach here. Um, I, I thought I would look at borrowing from a Christian freedom perspective, which Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians in three different places. So I'm in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12. Everything is permissible for me, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible for me, but I will not be mastered by everything. And then you flip over to uh, chapter 10, verse 23, everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Everything is permissible, but not everything is constructive. And what I gather from those verses is is a little trilogy. Is it best? Does it bind? And does it build? Mm. Okay? So when you're looking at going into the trades, you're looking at going into college, and really when you're looking at borrowing, is it best... Does it bind? And does it build? So if I need to borrow, say, 75000 to get through school, is it best? Does it bind? Does it build? I'm not here to tell you not to borrow it or to borrow it. I'm just here to say, apply these principles and go to God, get on your knees and say, God, do you really want me to borrow to go to school or would you like me to work and take six years? Mm-hmm. To, to get through school and get through school debt-free or, or close to debt-free, right? God, I, I really don't I, – I just don't enjoy school. I would rather learn a trade. You know, God, it, is it best? Does it bind? Does it build? And is it best in terms of how God has made you and in terms of what your transcendent purpose is in life? Mm. Great principles, as always. You can find more great counsel
0: like that by going to com. Bill English, thanks for your time yeah, this morning.
1: Yeah, you bet. Have a good day.